welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast. We are continuing our new series of conversations, highlighting each of the 18 critical areas of focus that are part of A Bolder Way Forward. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, the Karen Haight Huntsman Endowed Professor of Leadership at Utah State University and the founding director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project. And today I'm here with the leaders who are heading up the area, and we call them spokes in the wheel of change, of sexual assault. First, Liliana Overo Arbonne, the executive director of the Utah Coalition Against Sexual Assault, Bethany Crisp, the systems director for the Utah Coalition Against Sexual Assault, and Gary Scheller, the director of the Utah Office for Victims of Crime. Welcome to all of you. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So introduction for our listeners, A Bolder Way Forward is a statewide movement that is bringing together businesses and organizations, nonprofits, individuals who are either already doing related work around women and girls or who are ready to get engaged and lean into the work. So if we are serious about ensuring that Utah girls and women and their families better thrive, we need to create positive change much faster. And so a bolder way forward leaders are working together to accomplish these bold goals in 18 critical areas that require societal change. And one of those is sexual assault. So let me jump into questions for my three guests. Liliana, first, Please provide our listeners with an overview of the sexual assault spoke, the problem and importance, and, you know, just an overview in your vision. Of course. Thank you so much again, uh, Dr. Madsen, for having us join today. A little bit about the sexual assault spoke is uh, we are working really closely as UCASA, the Utah Coalition Against Sexual Assault, and the Office of Victims of Crime with Gary to really find uh, ways to end sexual violence. We we often joke and say this, but it, it really is true. We are working towards ending sexual violence and working ourselves out of a job. But that this book really is um, seeking to end sexual violence in our state by getting together, uniting individuals and organizations to help educate, uh, empower, and activate Utahns in this cause to join us in our efforts to ending sexual violence. Sexual assault and rape has so many significant impacts to women and girls. We know it impacts all identities and all genders, but a high proportion of women and girls are impacted by sexual violence. And it causes, you know, um, negative short-term and long-term physical, psychological, and emotional effects. And so what we're hoping is to really elevate this work and this movement to end violence by recognizing that actually Utah ranks very poorly in our re- in the research and a lot of the research you've done right dr madison as well um 43 out of 51 in terms of the prevalence of rape victimization among women and girls that are and we are ninth out of the 50 u.s states for the number of rapes per capita so we have a problem here in our state and so our hope again with this spoke is to bring awareness to help educate empower and lift the voices of survivors and ensure that with partnerships and you times getting involved with this, we can create abundance of resources and services available and also prevent this from happening yeah. in the future. That prevention is, is we've not had the funding, the, the power, you know, hum, human power to, to even move too much into prevention, just trying to respond. Um, 
So thank you so much, Bethany, anything else to add? Yes, thank you again for having us. So I think many times we think that sexual assault is something that we see in other communities, not in our community, and that it looks a certain way, um, that it is only sexual assault or rape when it's someone that the person doesn't know, when it's a stranger, right? I think we have this idea of what it looks like, which allows us to then remove ourselves from the issue and feel like there's nothing we can do about the issue. But the truth is, like Liliana shared, rape is the only violent crime in Utah that's higher than the national average. And so the numbers that we have um, are high, but we also know that many people do not report that. And so it's very possible that those numbers are much higher. We know that there are certain groups of people that are going to see higher rates of sexual assault, some of our marginalized communities, our young people. And so as we focus on some of these demographics, some of these groups, when we're talking about awareness, when we're talking about prevention, when we're talking about response, we'll be able to do better as a state to support all of the people in our state, survivors, um, and those who aren't survivors who hopefully never have to experience sexual violence. Thank you so much. Gary, what are the bold goals your spoke will be working toward for 2026 and also 2030? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, thanks, Susan, for letting me be a part of this. And uh, in addition to the goal that, that Liliana talked about, seriously, to eradicate sexual violence from the state of Utah, uh, we laid out some goal steps along the way. And uh, first of all, really, is is coalescing the service providers around the standards of care, make sure that we have a very clear picture of what rape crisis and service centers look like and what services are out there, who's providing them, and are they meeting a, a qualified standard of care? Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, increasing the number of services that are provided. You know, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get a minute to talk about measures and things like that, but it's, it's a little bit difficult because it, there's not a consistent set of measure of what we're looking at when we talk about the services provided, um, which then leads to problems when we start talking about funding and other issues. Um, and the other, another goal is to increase some funding for um, prevention. You, know, you, you mentioned briefly, we're barely able to respond to things when they occur and provide the, the appropriate services to victims of rape and sexual assault. And we're always asked that question. We always have that internal angst among ourselves of when do we actually get to try to stop this stuff before it happens? And I I would much rather uh, spend my time skiing and fishing and motorcycle riding than, than this work. Um, But only, but only when it's gone. Right. Um, So the the prevention funding, increasing that, um, increasing the understanding among Utahns of the definition of sexual assault. There's some conversation in, in some of the legislative interim committees about having to put a definition of sexual intercourse into the state code mm-hmm. to, to give an idea of the, the, the difficulties of, you know, can we put together a jury, uh, for example, if we actually get a case to trial where everybody has an understanding of what rape and sexual assault means. And if we struggle with that, then surely our communities are going to struggle with actually being able to identify it when it occurs. And and so that's that's a huge goal as well. In, increasing the sentiment of personal responsibility. You know, uh, boys will be boys is, uh, is a phrase that we really ought to be rid of forever. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, just unacceptable behavior is unacceptable behavior is really what the what the, the statement should be. 
let me move you to like, how do we measure this? This is a conversation we've all had. I mean, how do we try and measure that? Because we know that if we see goals and we have a way to measure them, then we can see progress and change is more likely to happen. It, measurement is a, is a a big issue. Uh, it's a big key. I think moving forward with the, with the recently uh, appropriated state funding, uh, and uh, as we develop these standards of care, we we identify a very solid core group of people that are going to be collecting the data of the number of people that are coming forward, the number of people that were missing. Uh, we know statistically, and it's been the same statistic for three decades: one in ten women or only one in 10 come forward, you know? And and so there's a massive amount of people out there that we're missing. And I I think dialing that in so that we we know where victims are coming forward from and we're able to track those numbers um, better, more efficiently and and take action based upon those is gonna be key. Yeah, thank you so much. And I know when we met the last time and really talked through some of these measurements, I mean, it's a little tricky, isn't it? And we're still going to work towards those measurements. But I remember Liliana said something about, you know, we do want the more awareness that is raised, which has to happen, then you might get more calls. And that may look like there's more. um, But and then you know, how, how do we measure that? It's a little bit tricky, I think. So any comments about that, uh, Liliana, and then we'll move on. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, Susan. I think when we are more open about the discussion around sexual violence and prevention, that we will uncover that a lot of folks, a lot of young people uh, have not come forward, have not disclosed that this happened to them and didn't seek law enforcement resources, right? Um, We know that that very often happens with this type of violence. It's very still, very taboo. And so people may not feel comfortable coming forward yet. But as we raise awareness, as we talk about this more openly and get rid of a lot of that stigma that comes with sexual assault, I believe that we will see an increase in calls, an increase in reports. And again, uh, Bethany mentioned how this is the one of the most underreported crimes yes. that exist. So we will see that. I believe that we will see that. But I think that that, that will speak to us really um, getting out to the communities, knowing where to seek resources and understanding what other resources are available if you chose not to report the sexual assault years ago, right? That there's still help available. There's still services available for all those people that that didn't feel safe yet coming forward or um, didn't know that there was local yeah. resources available. And I would say I've just recently had an, probably three different women tell me that they um, experienced rape in college and they didn't even know that that they didn't even understand what sexual assault was and even rape. Bethany, what other organizations? So as we shift now with the Boulder Way Forward, with this spoke, UCASA, Gary's office, you can't do it alone if we're going to shift everything. So so right now, what organizations, affiliates are involved? And of course, we want so many more. 
Yes, thank you. I think for too long, we as a society have expected the legislature to end sexual violence, nonprofits to end sexual violence, schools to end it. But the truth is, it really takes everyone to get involved and come at this together. Um, and so right now we have community leaders who are joining us in this. We need religious leaders, representatives, parents, teachers. Our spoke is partnering with a variety of different organizations, nonprofits, government organizations, uh, including the Utah Commission on Criminal and Juvenile Justice, Department of Health and Human Services. And we're really partnering with our designated rape crisis centers throughout the state. So these are you know, located all throughout our state and they offer a variety of different services like crisis intervention, support, advocacy. They're able to show up and meet victims of this crime at hospitals. They're able to go with them to law enforcement, to court, wherever it is that they need that support. And so that's something that I think is one of our biggest strengths is that we do have community partners who are engaging in this work with us from all corners of the state. And we really invite businesses and any other community organizations who want to get involved to join us in this. So we invite people to join us, whether they're joining us with their family and just interested in volunteering or wanting to really show up and invite people to come and provide training on prevention for sexual assault for their business, for employees, right? This is something that we all have to be involved in, but we do have quite a few community partners and we're eager to continue working with them on this. And I and I do have to say how much I appreciate and value and and just admire the work that you are doing, both of your organizations, Gary, with yours and and UCASA too. I I tell you, for those listening, if you haven't looked at the websites, do because they're just critical resources for our state and and I would say for families and individuals as well. Liliana, how can people get involved? Oh, Susan, there's so many ways, yes. right, that uh, we invite uh, the community to be involved. But it's really uh, kind of circling back to what we've been talking about and, and really honing in on the importance that we all play a part in ending violence. It's not just UCASA or UOVC or our 14 rape crisis programs in the state. It requires a systems change, a community change to look at how we better support victims when they come forward and also really challenge those social norms that breed violence in our communities, in our homes, in our churches, wherever we are, right? And so we are asking for folks to get involved by participating in local activities in with the rape crisis centers. We have 14 of them. Dr. Madsen talked about our website. We have a map um, on our, our website and you can find the closest rape crisis center to you. Find out what they're doing. Find out how you can get involved locally. And we invite you to also get involved with uh, us statewide. Um, whether you're volunteering with our 24-hour sexual assault helpline that is available for any victim of sexual assault, family member, friend, you know, anyone who's been impacted by sexual assault can call and get some resources. We want you to talk about how you can be engaged in preventing violence in your community and get those resources so that you then become a resource for those who need help, right? And that you that. they can they can trust you um, as a trusted person in their lives to talk to and that you can link them to meaningful sexual assault services in your area or again 
calling the helpline for additional support. But the big thing is get involved, take some action, start today on finding out what you can do in your community. Um, you know, I, I've, I've now, I've been in this work for almost 15 years, a little over 15 years. And, you know, Dr. Madison shares the story of her, uh, you know, new granddaughter. And for me, this work shifted again, you know, for me when um, we had our son, Mateo. And I think about what kind of future I want for him and what kind of uh, example I want him to grow up to be, right? And it's our responsibility as parents, educators, family members, loved ones, uh, to really think about what it means to end violence and how do we ensure that the future of our kids is a safer place for them. Thank you so much. And you moved a, a bit into some final thoughts. So I'm going to let uh, Gary and Bethany to share a few final thoughts as we conclude. Gary. Yeah, I don't think I can say anything that, that, that Liliana didn't just say far better than I ever could. So I'll, I'll pass on to Bethany. Oh, okay. Uh, Bethany. I just want to, I just want to thank you for bringing attention to this issue. Like we've said, it's something we haven't been talking about in Utah, but it's time for things to change. They don't have to stay like this forever. We know sexual assault prevention is possible and that it works. And so if anyone is listening to this, we invite you to bring your perspectives, your unique life experiences to this work and to join us in these efforts. Thank you. Liliana, Bethany, and Gary, thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast episode hosted by the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. And thanks to Nick Pora for his technical support. To learn more or to get involved, visit the website of boulderwayforward.org. This movement requires thousands, and I would say tens of thousands, of us working together to create positive change for Utah's girls and women. Please consider joining us in this important work. In addition, learn more about the Utah Women and Leadership Project at utwomen.org. Thank you.